Well, let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 7 and 8. We, we uh, spent a couple uh, mornings, Sunday mornings, uh, uh, talking about the role of a pastor. And uh, we're going to continue on that. We, uh, the last time we talked about this was over a month ago, just because then we had Byron August in, and then we had Father's Day, and then we've been gone. So it's been a little bit. So we're going to go over some of this and keep going, but we'll recap some because not everybody was here, and it's been a while for, the, for everybody else. So Ephesians 4, verse 7. And if you need, uh, we do have Bibles. If you need a Bible, we have the scriptures up here. But if you do need a Bible, the ushers will get you one. If you would you know, say, I would like to look at one, just raise your hand. The ushers will uh, get you one into your hands. It's good to, to look at it, but we put them up on the screen as well. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to men, and the gifts he gave, uh, if we skip down to verse 11, it says, He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. How many of you say, I want to grow up? I want to mature in the things of God. How many of you would say, I want that? We ought to, that ought to be our desire for every one of us is that we ought to mature in the things of God. None of us has arrived. We're going to be coming up in these things for the rest of our lives here on earth. And, and I think we're going to learn a few things when we get to heaven. Amen? Do you, do you think we'll learn something when we get to heaven? Or you think, well, hey, we know everything now. No, that would mean you're just like God. God knows all, and you're, he's got a head start on us. So for eternity, we're going to be coming up and learning. He, and he's, he's unfathomable. You're not going to exhaust him, which... That alone blows our mind. That's okay. Eternity blows our mind. That's okay. Always has been blows your mind. That's okay. Well, he had to have a start. No, he didn't. He's God. Yeah, but just because in our experience we think things have, a, have to have a start and stop doesn't mean that's the way it is. We need to just come to the conclusion our limited understanding doesn't determine what's possible. Just because we can't see something happen or we don't understand. Well, I don't understand. There's a whole lot of stuff. I don't understand. You don't understand. That's okay. Right? And the older you get, you realize that. You know, I just read something recently. You know, the young person says, you know, they, they, they just glory in how much they know. And, you know, uh, how, well, they know this and that. The older you get, you, you, you can hold your head that you don't know more. You know, you go further in life, you're like, man, yeah, I, and you know you don't know, right? The lo- farther you get, you realize how little you know of what there is to know. And when we're talking about God, well, he knows everything. And we know next to nothing compared to him. So we want to grow. We can all grow. 
Verse 15 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So God has given uh, gifts into the body of Christ. He said the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, the fivefold ministry, so that the body of Christ would be edified. Now we talked about some aspects. We're going to recap quickly. Um, so we're not going to recap everything, but just so that we can move forward. Let's just read really briefly uh, John 10, um, verse 11. Let's just skip to verse 11. It says, this is Jesus, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, he said. In uh, Hebrews 13, 20, it says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. So there he calls Jesus the great shepherd. In 1 Peter 5, 4, it says, When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So I'm going over these things quickly because we've covered some of it. All these scriptures will be on the website. So if you go to our webpage and, and click on a given message, then you can download the scriptures once, that, once the edited version's up in PDF and a Word document. All the scriptures are available. So, you know, take notes, but don't, don't try to transcribe stuff. You know, that's all there. All the scriptures are there for your benefit. But it says here, he's the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. So Jesus is the shepherd of his sheep. Amen? He's the one overall that's responsible for leading his church. But he has given responsibility to people on the earth to be under shepherds, in other words, to represent him and to do what he would do if he were here. Now, we're all to do that in a measure, but when we're talking about the shepherding part of it, this overseeing part of it, he has given, uh, put people in place to do that. But we have to keep in mind, he is the one that's doing it. So a lot of the shepherding or a lot of that care is supernatural. Okay, you're not looking to just a person, and it is not a person. It's not, it's, it's the anointing in the way God works through a person. It's not that a person is smarter or better that stands in one of these offices. Or age, age matters for experience, but not really. It doesn't mean that somebody older is necessarily somebody better than somebody uh, younger. It's the spiritual maturity part that matters. It's how you're able to hook up with God. Because he's the one that's actually doing it, and we're, we're uh, a vessel he can uh, work through. Let's read briefly at first, uh, first Peter 5, verse 1. Now, we spent some time. We already covered a number of things in the first two, so if you missed those, you can go back and listen. I'm just trying to go over a few things so that we're kind of on the same page so we can move forward, but not going to recap everything. First Peter 5, verse 1, the... It says, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. That's the part we had just read previously. So verse 2 says, 
shepherd the flock of God which is among you. And then he gives some other, you know, uh, advice. Don't, don't do it like somebody's twisting your arm, not by, by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over people that are entrusted to you, but being examples. And then he says, when Jesus appears, who's really the shepherd, you're going to receive a crown. In the, the verse 2 in the Young's literal translation, it says, feed the flock of God. So in other, words, in other translation, it says shepherd. Here it says, feed the flock of God that is among you. Um, so that, that word shepherd and what's talking about primarily is feeding and overseeing. And we talked about that. Feed and to lead uh, is primary uh, roles, the first roles of a, of a pastor. And we talked about that a lot. Really, it's, it's just... Uh, you're flowing and helping that. You're a vessel that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, can flow through for that to happen for his flock. He's the one that's really feeding, but he's doing it through these gifts so that we can grow up. 1 Peter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow. So all these scriptures, again, we've gone over all these. That's why we're going over it. We're not spending a lot of time. But the, you desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. So you're primarily, the pastor, number one, is going to feed the word. And it's supernatural. The Holy Spirit's taking that. See, the word is anointed. The word is uh, God-breathed, God-inspired. The word of God is and Jesus is the Word of God made flesh, but He is the Word. And so the Word of God is living and powerful. And then the Holy Spirit takes that Word and He quickens it to us. And that's how we're going to grow. And so when we hear the Word, like in a setting like this, it's not just somebody talking. It's the Spirit of God. See, he, it was His idea. He placed this into existence. It's his structure. It's not man's idea. So what's going on is we're bringing the word of God, but the spirit of God is quickening in that word to our spirits to grow us up. So he is actually guiding us. One of the mechanisms he uses is uh, the fivefold ministry. In the, in the case we're talking about is a pastor right now. That's what's going on. That's why when you walk out of here, sometimes people say that was just for me. That's supernatural. It's God. God is quickening things to you, filling in blanks. And maybe I didn't say specific. Maybe the message, even all the scriptures are lining up in, 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 um, for what you're dealing with or what you need. But beside that, he's quickening pictures to you in the inside. He's quickening uh, images to you, direction to you. And you're like, this is exactly, you know, are you reading my emails or what? No, but God knows everything. And it's supernatural. That is what is supposed to go on. Well, that, no man can think that up. No man can do that. That's, that's God. That's, that's his idea. That's the head of the church. So we grow up as we hear the word. Now let's look at Ephesians 4. Um, go back to Ephesians 4.11. And let's read this part, but I want to call out a certain part and focus on something specific this morning. It says, He gave himself or he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now we could talk about all these different things. You know, a pastor, we all have a pastor, so that this applies to us. We're not teaching on this just 
for the sake of teaching on it, it's because it's with something we can apply to our life. And so that we're, we're focusing on this role uh, now. So he gave these gifts, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So notice that. I'm not going to focus on that, but notice it's for the equipping of the saints. All of, all of us are saints. That means a Christian. That's not a special Christian. That's just a Christian. The Christians are called saints in the word of God. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So we have all something to do, but we need to be equipped. We need to be helped. Part of how we get equipped are these fivefold gifts. And if we're part of a local church, that's partly coming through the role of pastor. Doesn't mean that you can't, you're not reading the Bible by yourself. You're not getting other resources, but we all ought to be hooked up with a local church and ought to be being equipped in this manner. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ or the building up of the body. So see, the body of Christ is grown up as this happens. Verse 13 till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Let's go back to the beginning of verse 14. It says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. What does that give the picture of, picture of when you talk about being tossed to and fro? Like waves, like a wave comes and you're going left and right and up and down with every every. Uh, here it talks about then wind of doctrine, like wherever the wind blows. But you can see this gives a picture of somebody that's getting pushed around by what they hear. Oh, somebody said this. So, um, or somebody said this. Well, is that? And oh no. Or wait, is this true? And just always going around. Well, it's it's saying we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. So there's a new teaching. You realize there's nothing new? Amen. Amen. There's nothing new. God is doing the same thing He's always done. He's saving, healing. The power of God is in manifestation. These things that people think are are new are, are just repackaged. We can come into the revelation that's in God's Word, but we say, oh, I have a new revelation. Doubt it. You just got to hold us up, maybe, but you wouldn't call it a new revelation. It's certainly not your revelation. You just found out something that's in the Word of God that's been there all along. And we should say it like that. Because if we say it's mine or I have this, you know what? That just brings in a personal element instead of pointing people to Jesus. Point them, say, here's what God's Word says. Make much of God and His Word and Jesus and little of personality. We are just all vessels that he uses, period. That's it. We need to get that straight and settled in our life. If he chooses to use us in a certain way, glory to him. But it's not about us. You guys realize this whole thing is not about you and me. And so much of what's in the body of Christ sometimes, you know, what people, these winds of doctrine, it, it becomes about you. 
It becomes about how it affects you personally. And it's self-centered instead of God-centered. Did you hear me? We need to make sure we're focusing on what the Lord said in His work and doing what He would have us to do. So it says, we're not supposed to be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So there's things that you can hear that'll get you pushed off. And so there's stuff out that, that, that we can hear. And part of a pastor's role is, is, number one, we talked about feeding and growing up. So as you're stronger, you're, you're not going to be pushed about. How do you get, what do you get grounded in? You get grounded in the word of God and you get grounded in knowing him. And the more you are, you're not going to be pushed around. Somebody says something, it's like, eh, no, no, that doesn't pass the word test. No. How do you know that? Because you've spent time in the Word of God, so you know the real. So when somebody says something that's not the real, you're like, no, counterfeit. Okay, so that's part of it. You're going to grow up. But also, see, there's an element here of looking over and guarding that the pastor has. Let's look at uh, Acts 20, 28. It says that we may grow up. We wouldn't be tossed to and fro. There's a protection thing. Acts 20, 28. It says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church which he purchased with his own blood. To shepherd the church. Look at the NIV. It says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. You see what it says? Keep watch over yourselves and over all, and all the flock. Who's the chief shepherd? Tell me again. Jesus. Okay, but he put people in our lives that we're supposed to be connected with that he facilitates some of these things through. And all these things we've talked about. There, you know, it's just like it, it's been around forever, but it's back and forth again. You don't need a pastor. You just, it's just you and Jesus. That's false. Wow. They got quiet there. That's not true. God's word tells us we need, it doesn't mean you're relying on a person. We talked about this. We're not going to rehash all that. The first two, it doesn't mean that you submit your entire life and that they're somehow lording it over you. No, that is error. That is, no, that's, that's out in the weeds. Have people done that? Yeah, and that's flaky and it's bad. Uh, but it doesn't mean we don't need anything either. See, those are two extremes. The reality is in the middle somewhere that there is a reality that God put a structure in place that if we'll cooperate with what he said, then we are going to be hitting on all cylinders. It's not about a person. It's about him. It's about submitting to him. Do you understand that the real, the real issue when people don't want to be part of a church or, or be part of a, a pastor, it is an issue with God. Did you hear me? Somebody may have had bad experiences with church. They may have been hurt by a church. They may have saw, seen something that was flaky or, or controlling or whatever. That doesn't do away with the real. Did you hear me? You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because God's... God's word is true, and it's as true today as it ever was. And if we're going to do something different than what he said, then we're not going to be 
we're, we're not going to have everything that his word tells us. And like in this case, the, the, um, you want to be as fed as you can. You want to be following the plan of God. In this case, you want somebody out there that's looking above the horizon and it's not just a person. God is working through that to help us be protected. And most of it, again, is supernatural. You don't, the person may, something may come out of their mouth and you, they don't even know they're talking to you, but it's God protecting you. Because that's the way he works. He has structure in the earth. And so this, you know, well, you don't need a pastor. You can be out, you can be just as good of a Christian. Well, why did the Bible tell us otherwise then? It's not true. And, and what it's doing is breaking down the body of Christ instead of strengthening the body and, and helping people to be strong, it's fragmenting. Do you hear me? It's fragmenting the body of Christ, getting people weak. You know what happens when people are weak? They can be picked off. And they can go off in all kinds of tangents and weirdness. Things, when we say that, we're talking about things that aren't based on the Word of God, that are a lot of flesh. <clears throat> Again, you're not talking about making it so that you're under a person, specific, their things. There is a role, but it's submission to God in His structure, and it's honoring Him, and we need to know that. The things of God are serious. We're not playing, playing games on the earth. We have a mission. We have a job. Where is that job? What's the, 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 the body that we're supposed to be hooked up with? Where is that? We need to be serious about it. Not just, well, it doesn't matter. No, it matters. Look at it in the Amplified, Acts 20, verse 28. <clears throat> it says, take care and be on guard for yourselves and for the whole flock. Notice that it says, take care and be on guard, what? For yourselves and for the whole flock. which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. We talked about this is not a natural person just taking something. You know, you can't take a role and just say, well, I want to do that. I want to go to school for that. No, it's the Lord putting us in positions. I'm talking about all of us and how He sees fit. And He's the one that's appointed. Notice it says, which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd... Notice, this is, this is saying, I mean, how clear can we say this? The Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. Jesus is the shepherd, but he's appointed you as an overseer or under shepherd. To shepherd, what does that mean? To tend, to feed, to guide. The church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I mentioned this last time. Can you see the preciousness which this statement says? It's saying the Holy Spirit has placed you in a position to shepherd, to tend, to feed, and guide the church of God which he bought with his own blood. In other words, the highest price that's ever been paid for anything is the blood of Jesus, and he paid it for you and me. And he's saying you're put in a position to help shepherd what is most precious to me. That's what God said. He's saying, I'm doing it, and you're, you're, that's, we'll see this 
in a, in a minute. That's, that's a responsibility. It's not something that somebody takes for show or that, well, look at me. No, it's a job. It's, a, it's not a job. It's a role. It's a responsibility. It's a place. It doesn't mean somebody is better or worse. We need to understand these things, and we can't be flipping about them. God, God, God's uh, church on the earth, what he's doing is the most important thing going on in the world. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about universal. Building the body of Christ and fulfilling our role, there is no more important thing. Anything else will fade, but that will shine forever. And so when we're talking about the things of God, we need to be going to God like this. God, where would you have me to be? Sir, yes, he's our father, but in this role, we need to be also. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God we're righteous. Thank God that we can come to him as father, but also he is the one that, you know, Paul likens it to being a soldier in an army. He's the commander in chief. Where would you have me? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to hook up with? Where is it? And so we need to, un- we can't play with these things and things that undermine the, this stuff. It, it, it's, it's undermining the body of Christ. It, it creates division. It creates strife. It creates you know, factions and people doing stuff, you know, and, and encouraging people just to do whatever, because after all, you know, Jesus isn't bought and paid for everything for you. Yeah, but it's not all about you or me. This is silent again there. I'm say it anyway. It's not about us. It's about him. And what are we, what do we do? Where, yeah, thank God we're redeemed, but we're redeemed so we can do something while we're here on the earth. Yes, we have authority, so we can use it here on the earth to get the job done. Because you realize the only reason we're still on the earth is because there's a job to do. That's it. Praise the Lord. So it says, verse 28, Take care and be on guard for yourselves and for the whole flock which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd, to tend, guide, and feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Look at Psalm 23, verse 1. I just want you to see this in the Amplified Classic. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Notice it says, to feed, guide, and shield me. Do you see, it just, in, in, in Acts it says, you as overseer shepherd, which is to tend, to feed, to guide. Here it says, uh, the the psalmist, David, is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. What? To guide, to feed, to shield. He's talking about the same things that the Lord would do. This is what it's been entrusted to... to he's talking about overseers, pastors, to do. So, any, in other words, what Jesus would do. So, in other words, Jesus is what he's doing in our lives. Part of how that's going to happen is when, through a pastor that we have... And again, it's a lot supernatural. It's a lot by the Word and by the Spirit. It's not just even one-on-one, although that can happen. But it's a lot like what's going on uh, when we hear the word. The Spirit of God is doing this to us. He's bringing us up. He's guiding us. He's leading us. He's feeding us. And He can guard us. He can correct us. 
Doesn't even mean the person speaking even knows what's going on, but the Spirit of God is doing it to His church. He's, he's seeing something out that you're headed toward, and there'll be a word or there'll be something to head you away from it. Look at um, Hebrews 13, verse 7. 17, excuse me. It says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Now, I looked at this. Okay, I'm just going to say this at the beginning. We don't like that word obey. And again, there are some, some way stuff in the weeds that have happened with people putting other people under. But I looked this, at this, and I don't know how many different translations. There is like no other. It, oh, they all use obey. So I tried to like bring out something else with that. It just says that. So we may not like that in our culture. And it is not talking about you just being under some other person. That's not. But th- this is what the word says. So you, you can go for yourself. Look at it in all kinds of translations. It just is there. And it's not talking about controlling lives. It's talking about in the work of God, we do what we need to do to get the work done. And if somebody that we're hooked up with says, we're going to do it this way, then we're like, all right, we're going to do it this way. And if we don't trust the people around us, then we have other deals. If we can't trust the people we've hooked up with or the pastors or the leaders, then maybe we either got an issue we need to work through or we need to find some place we can trust. But ultimately, it's not really our choice. We're supposed to go to God and say, God, where do you want me? But anyway, that's not what the focus of this verse was. I'm just telling you. You see this in other translations that we'll read. It says, obey. I know our flesh goes, obey. Forget it. That's not a popular 2022 word. Nobody wants They're like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Thank you. We got to watch that with God because if he's our Lord, it's what he would want us to do. Yes, sir. I'll do what you want me to do. We're talking about him, not, we're not talking about people. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Now, this is the part I actually want to emphasize. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. Notice that part. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. In the NLT, it says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Accountable to God. For what? For what they're doing in their stewardship of you and me. In the Amplified, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. Just generally, no, we're talking about in the body of Christ. For they are keeping, this is, this is what I want to emphasize, look at this. They are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. You need to read that again? Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare. Let's just stop right here. Who wouldn't want somebody that's looking out for you? We're talking about supernatural. Ultimately, it's Jesus, but we're talking about under-shepherds too. Who would not want to be guarded and kept? 
When is it ever a good thing that we left, like, you know, we're guarded over here, but we leave this blind side over here and we get taken out? Who would want that? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. The question should be, nobody wants that. So why would we say, you know what, I don't need that. I'm dropping that. I'm just going to leave this open, and I'm just going over here. And I'll do my own thing. And we got this gaping hole. Not talking about getting into fear. Not talking about trying to get somebody to join an organization. We're talking about the word of God says as far as how we're supposed to operate on the earth, right? I mean, this is something that we're, we're talking about. If I'm going to do, if I'm going to walk on this earth, then I want to be fully equipped. It's not like, well, willfully, I don't need that. You know, if you're playing a certain game, uh, you know, sport or whatever, like I played soccer, you don't willfully just leave this whole half of the well, well, we'll defend over here, but we'll just let them have full, you know, free reign on this side of the field. You know what's going to happen? Really quick. Oh, they're just standing there over here, but this is wide open. Goal, goal, goal. What if the goalie's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just defend this half of the goal? That, if you can get in there, fine. Well, you know what's going to happen. For they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. So what does that mean? This is not something that somebody flippantly goes, oh, well, let me do that. You're going to give an account to the Lord Jesus of how you handled the responsibility of, of giving the word, feeding, leading, guiding, helping the people that are entrusted to you, the ones that are bought with his blood. So there is, there's a responsibility there, and obviously there's a function there. I mean, it's part of what God set up. Again, I've said this, I don't know how many times, but, you know, Satan's subtle, and he brings thoughts. Yes, there have been people that have abused things and have gone in, in all kinds of weird places and got followings after them and and done things that aren't in line with the rest of scripture but that doesn't do away with the real and in 2022 we started off talking about ephesians that not being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine we have to be solid in what god's word says and how he says to operate because the stakes are too high to be pushed around with somebody's ideas of how they think it ought to be done in 2022 when the word of God is plain and they're not outdated. We need to hook up with what God's word says, be strong, so we don't get pushed off his way of doing stuff. Because Satan is fighting a war. A lot of the church are playing games. Amen. Amen. Acting like, you know, we're, we're a club, and if I don't like that club, I don't want to do it this way. It's not about that. If you're on the battlefield, which I have not been, I have great respect for the men and women that have been. You're not playing games. It's not like, well, we don't want it that way. You could be killed if you don't do what, what is happening, what, what is being coordinated, right? Well, I think we should go over here. When the rest of your company or wherever is going here, what could happen? That's what, the, that's what a lot of the body of Christ, it's just like a free-for-all. And it's more free-for-all now than ever because we have so many lines of communication. And so people just think, well, I'll just watch this and watch that and watch that. That's not the same 
as real time being in a service or being hooked up with people that know you so that there is a line of communication real time from God to help you in this way. We're not discounting reading the Bible. We're not discounting your personal relationship with God. We're not saying it's like a priest that takes the place. We're talking about what the New Testament church says about our relationship with our fellow believers and how we're supposed to fit in. And so we need to know that it doesn't take the place of those things, but it is something that's real. And not act like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I give you an example. We, we were on vacation and we go to church when we're on vacation. But, you know, I'm not hooked up with any uh, individual church so we can go where we want. And it's kind of like the only time I can actually go and see other churches and see what, what they do. So, you know, there's a, a, a church um, there that Pastor Sam, a regional director, used to pastor. And, um, you know, he's moved on from that now because he's, he's more focusing. He turned it over. They had a transition because, um, you know, he's uh, retired from that. And he oversees a lot of other things. And so, you know, we've gone there a number of times. And we went there uh, the first Sunday. And then we were like, well, where should we go the next, the, that Sunday, that next one? And yeah, you could watch something online and just... Okay, I'll just watch it. But we were like, no, we need to go. And I saw uh, Pastor Sam was going to be, he's speaking at another church there in the area. It was actually a church plant from that, that first church, but it had been going for a long time. And he was going to be speaking there. And I said, let's go, let's go and just, we'll just hear Pastor Sam. And we did, and I'm telling you, that word, he didn't know we were going to be there, and the word was like hitting us just full, it was just right where we are, and... It was awesome, and I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be like every time we go to church, everybody. I mean, we took up with it. We didn't know anybody in that congregation. We just sat there, and it was just, I mean, it was ministering to us. And so that, that's, that's the reality of what goes on. And so here it's talking about watching over and guarding and keeping an eye. That happens. It can happen. Just in a message, something comes to you, and something's been, you've been flitting with something over here, and it comes to you, and you're like, nope, don't do that. And the, word, the Spirit of God's quickening you to. It could be Scripture. Again, we're talking about supernatural equipment. We're not talking about somebody out of their head trying to tell you what to do. Uh, there was an example. There was one time... Now, I'm not saying this happens all the time. I'm just giving an example of what, what happened to me, what could happen. Uh, but I was, you know, I was young. I was single and going to a, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, Abundant Life Family Church. I've talked about those pastors, um, the pastors there, and uh, Pastor Gil and Emily Kissling. And I was a young, single, and... Um, <clears throat> There was a family in the church that, you know, I just, they would invite me over and have, we play games and, um, you know, nice family and everything, but they, there was just, uh, how should I say it? There was just a situation there. They invited me out and to their ranch. They, they lived, you know, not, not, they lived out of town some. They're like, hey, you should come and hang with us and stay with us. And um, I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I'll come. And um, my pastor's 
they, they found out, they, somehow they had found out, but they, and, they, and, and I remember they coming to you, coming to me after a service. Like I said, this wouldn't happen all the time. It just happened. I'm just giving you an example of what happened to me. And they, they came up and they said, you know, about that. So we're not trying to control you at all. But there's just something that bothers us about that. I, we don't really think you should go, but you make your own decision. And I, you know, I, I took that and I listened. I was like, all right. I, I mean, I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I thought about it and I was like, I'm not going to go because my pastors are seeing something. Now, when I look at that situation years afterward, I know exactly what they were seeing. There were certain things, and, you know, and I was like, I didn't really see it. But they were picking up on something. And like I said, they did, that did not happen all the time. Just happened to happen, and they were very, they weren't saying, do this or whatever. It was just like, hey, And I don't have the alternate story. I can't tell you, well, what happened. I just know from wisdom, when I see stuff after, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was wise. Could take any kind of forms, but God, God is, he's faithful. And he's, he's faithful always to help us and to lead us. This is just a, another thing that this is one thing that is a part of that role is that guarding part, is just seeing, just keeping your eyes open, going. And like I said, a lot of it's supernatural. May not even know what's going on. Could just be through the Word. Could just be through the Spirit. But something just quickening on the inside of you and heading you off. You know, sometimes you don't know why you do, don't do certain things. You, know, you can even just, we're talking about individually even. You could have a prompting and the Holy Spirit's telling you. I'm talking about individual level. Could tell you, don't do that. You may wonder, well, what's on the other side of there? You don't necessarily need to find out. There's been a lot of those times. You don't know. All you know is you were safe, secure, and everything went okay. God is good. He is faithful. And if we just cooperate with what he said to do, when he said to do it, with the way he sets stuff up, then we don't have to fight with him, try to figure out, well, a better way? There's no better way then we'll, we'll, we'll get what we need. Because He is faithful to get us on the right track. He is faithful to lead us and guide us. He's faithful to guard us. He's faithful to grow us up. Amen?